Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. On this one we're starting a new series, and it's on variants. And in this series we're going to go ahead and explore variants that are either very rare, odd, obscure, hard to find, collectible, worth some cash. Whatever it is, it's not just going to be a base variant, unless we are very specifically calling out <laughs> that that's what we're doing. Anyways, this episode we kind of do a hodgepodge of all of that. And uh, just some stuff for you guys to be aware of, put on your radar, or maybe fun things for you guys to go look for. So, before we get right to the episode, I ask that you do one thing for me. And you guys have been doing a really good job, and I, I appreciate that. But if I could ask for some more, um, we just need some more ratings and reviews. If you haven't had a chance to go wherever you listen to your podcast, preferably iTunes, and go ahead and give us a review there. That would be great. That's the thing that helps us the most to get some exposure, helps us find new listeners, helps the podcast grow without us throwing, you know, money on top of it uh, for promotions and things like that. So I would much rather do it organically and, and hope to maintain it that way. Anyways, thank you very much. We appreciate all the support. Thanks for sticking with us through so many episodes. Stay tuned for the show. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny and Stefan. What's up, guys? What's up? Well, it's the afternoon for me, actually. That's but... not true. You just woke up. It's the morning. Yep. I was up till 6 a.m., Johnny, doing important work. Getting. Your... I was up till 3 a.m. Big deal. Tyler was getting his senior discount at Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to get it before, like, once they open, I got to go and get my, my breakfast, and then I can go to bed. <laughs> Don't you have no. to get in line because all of the other old people are already there lined up, ready? Can you imagine waiting in line to eat at Denny's? Are you no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. One oh, a 25-minute wait? Yeah, we'll wait for that. <laughs> no. Um, Denny's is pretty much the worst. The last time I ate there was uh, when The Hobbit was in theaters. And I went there because they had a Hobbit menu. Legit. The only reason I went there. And before that, I hadn't been there in about 10 years. <laughs> What, what I can't was believe did that have, like, promotion actually worked on somebody. Did they have like second breakfast? Like, what, what, I, now I'm intrigued. No, they, like the pro the promo was actually really bad. Like, they did a really bad job with it. They did such a bad job. I wrote a blog post on what a bad job they did, and then made my own menu. It's a wow. true story. That's but they, a li thing they literally served twenty four hour breakfast. They could have had second breakfast. I it would have been know. the perfect promotion. I know. Look. <laughs> Look, they, and it would have been a link to Lord of the Rings movies that people like way better than the Hobbit movies. Well, this is when it was just the first Hobbit movie, which I think is actually like legitimately very good. Uh, and they just trail off from there. The third one is kind of unnecessary, and not great uh, because it has no rising action. It's all just flat. It's like one big long scene. That's not very it's interesting. Just one big CG battle that's just dragged out over like three hours. Yeah, but it's it's Peter Jackson's King Kong if it was a movie about fighting elves and dwarves. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So I did make my alt an alternate menu, and uh, then when we ha we had a viewing uh, at my house of uh, we did like a Lord of the Rings and Hobbit party, and then I made things from the menu. How I long had was created. that? Twenty one hours? No, no. We I mean we didn't watch all of them. We watched the first Hobbit, and then we watched Lord of the Rings. Everyone just take this moment to realize what a big nerd Johnny is. Yeah, I'm a big nerd. I'm okay <laughs> with that. 
So how was that Doctor Who convention? That's next week, actually. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, right next to Strategicon. I know. Yep. I was just calling you out. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta go put on I your just, uh, fancy dress. I just, I just like the whole. Uh, I was Denny's menu was not adequate, so I made my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was embarrassing. Johnny likes to write the injustices in the world. They were just like, <laughs> they're like, oh, it's a smog burger, and like we can argue whether it's smog or smog, like if you want to get into nerddom, but. It uh, doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah, it was like smog burger. <laughs> You're like five alarm fire. You're like, what? What the fuck is this? Am I a firefighter? Or am I? What? What's going on? Like they could have had like Radagast the hash browns instead. Oh, it was just see, that's like, clever. See, exactly. Like any any amount of effort, you know. So, anyways, like I'm at, gonna guess the people who work at Denny's are not as big Hobbit fans <laughs> as you are. No, but they but they paid probably a good chunk of money to invite people into their restaurant under a Hobbit themed guise, right? Okay, all right, wait, second argument. Anyone who goes to Denny's doesn't care about just anything. <laughs> that That's true. Anyway, so we went there and just to see like what the menu actually looked like, and it was it was very disappointing, and um, we had disappointing food. So, yeah, it was the food is more disappointing than the third Hobbit movie. That's impossible. That's true. Well, I guess I wasn't really disappointed by it. It was just one of the worst movies I've ever, I've ever seen. Don't at me. All right. Um, what, what were we talking, we we're talking about Denny's, but we really are talking about video games. Cool segue. That- <laughs> 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 All right, let's cut that. Let's, uh, let's try that again. All right. So guys, we were talking about Denny's, but really we were talking about video games. That's Was not, that better? That's not even different at all. <laughs> would that, would you say that's a variant of the first time you tried? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh, there we go. Bringing segue. it back. Bringing it back. We did it. Okay, so uh, what we're talking about today, let me save Tyler a little bit, uh, and thanks for the assist, <laughs> You Stephanie. always have to save me, Johnny. <laughs> uh, fine, I'll let you drown. It, it'll be fine. Um, we're talking about variant games. Some of them will be some that are collectible, some are obscure, some maybe you don't know about. We'll be doing more of these type of episodes where, like, we'll call this part one, but don't expect part two is coming like next week or anything. These this will be like a series. And that, that way it gives us the the opportunity not to try and cram every variant we've ever heard of in an episode and then be like, well we can't talk about those. This this topic is dead. So yeah, let, let's uh we're gonna go round robin style. So we'll each do one and uh, and we'll kind of talk whether it's collectible, whether it's obscure, whether you should be looking for it, or you can just kind of ignore it. So uh Tyler, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, I think I've talked about it on the show before, is the No Mercy on N64, the 1.1 variant. So when No Mercy was released and sold hundreds of thousands of copies, it's like one of the most popular N64 games. It has a save game bug where as you play it, it might just delete all your save progress and all of your creator wrestlers, just everything. And... I don't think there's anything you could do about it, but it's a pretty rare situation. I mean, they're, they're not shipping a game that's deleting everyone's save data all the time. But, you know, this is a game that because of how the career mode is structured, you put dozens of hours into it and it just deletes all of that. So you would open a kit. You could either go to uh, THQ's website, THQ, one of the worst gaming companies in the world. You go to their website or you would call them and they would tell you to reinitialize the save data on your cart. So... Your save data just got deleted. You probably started playing again, but you're like, what the hell happened? I need to fix this. So you call them up and they tell you to delete your save data again. And that doesn't fix the problem. And they know that doesn't fix the problem. But 
if you go back to them and you pressured them and you're like, no, this is actually broken, then they would let you return the game to them directly to THQ and they would ship you back the 1.1 cart, which actually has the save game bug fixed. And so the box is identical, the manual is identical, but on the cart in the bottom, next to little like NTCW, little product code at the bottom, there's a dash one after the USA. So there's got to be very few of those. There are very few of them. Um, it, I don't think they're super valuable. Uh, like if someone knew they had one, maybe they could get $100 from someone desperate. But it's one of those things where you just have to comb like hundreds of eBay listings for months and you usually can't see it from the thumbnail. So you just have to click everyone and, and look at the little product code for the dash one. Yeah. You said the box uh, was the same, but was there actually ever a separate box released for it or was this strictly a cart mail out from THQ? Uh, they shipped them in the box again, I think, because uh, there were complete copies that were sold on eBay at one point. Okay. Uh, so I guess they just had like overstock at some point. Okay. Well, I mean, and if you're trolling for this, that teaches you that you can look through both. Like, because I would have naturally just like deleted anything with the box from my searches. This seems but like now I find this seems like a nightmare to search for. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm only saying that because I actually found one in the end. So now going back and looking at my journey, it's like, oh, that was fun, wasn't it? So, when really it was just every day getting a save search for the same thing and looking at 40 games. It's like a super common game. So I look at 40 games. It's like, oh, okay, none of them today. And uh, how long did you search for it? Uh, it was a little over a year for me Ugh. Um, Ugh. on eBay. 40 games a day for a year? Ugh. It wasn't 40 games a day, but it was every freaking day I had to look for it. And I finally found one in Canada. I So, like, every time I go to the game store now, I just look. It's a black cartridge, so it's super easy to pick it out. So I always just go look through their No Mercies and see if I could find another one. And I have never found another one. Uh, the good thing is, uh, not people know about it, but it's not, like, the most well-known thing. So, I mean, maybe you'll just happen into one. It's not, like... People don't go and they don't, like, sell them. They're not like, oh, I got the rare 1.1 No Mercy. You want, you know, 200 bucks for it. So. so, yeah, there's not a lot of people trying to take advantage of its place in the market currently. Until There's one guy who's, like, doing the save searches every day. Like, why are they talking about this again? Damn it. And I was yeah. going to say, until we ship this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll blow all that shit up. All those variants you were hoping people didn't know about. Fuck you guys. Here we are to ruin it. Take Just that. Kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just get it and put it on your shelf. Don't. Uh, <laughs> it's It's funny that... I don't know if this is really collectible, but the bad part about it is that if you want to play No Mercy, like seriously, again, like this is the cartridge you want because you don't want your saved game getting deleted. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so uh, that's good advice and good info on No Mercy. Now let's toss it over to Stefan. Stefan, what do you got for us? Sure. I think I'd start off with the QVC Maximum Carnage. So QVC, the uh, television network, uh, you know, uh, mail order service, extremely popular to, uh, in, I think, an old, probably an older demographic. Anyway, they had a version of Maximum Carnage, uh, both for the uh, Super Nintendo and the Genesis, you got to pick, that came in a box set. And in that box set came a uh, leather-bound version of the graphic novel, three pins, which it was there was like a Venom pin, a Carnage pin, and a Spider-Man pin, uh, a Certificate of Authenticity, which is a very typical QVC certificate in that it doesn't give you any information. It's not numbered at all. It just says it's in an edition of 5,000. It does not differentiate uh, console as, w as well. So 
I'm not 100% sure. And if there's somebody out there, definitely at me if you know the answer to this. But uh, I couldn't find any information as to whether or not that's like a 2,500 and 2,500 split or if there's 5,000 of each or what I think happened. And it sort of, QVC has a listing for this on their website, and it says that you get to pick when you order it. So I imagine... Uh, they just packed in the the correct cartridge after the fact, after you bought it, and then shipped it out to you. So there may be more of one or the other, depending on how many people just picked that one when they ordered it. So these things are, are reasonably rare. Uh, I was looking at Game Value now. They're only tracking uh, two sales since, uh, I think, 2015, which seems astronomical. I'm sure there's more, been more sales than that that are just poorly listed. But still, that gives you an idea of... of the, the rarity of the item. Uh, I will say also that the packaging for the the Super Nintendo version and the Genesis version are identical. So if there's a giant price variance when you're looking through, if you have the option to pick one or the other, it really doesn't matter because you can uh, buy either one and do a cart swap or do a, a game swap for for one or the other, and they will be an identical product. Um, they're going in the range of like three to five hundred dollars. You know, you can get it probably for two fifty if you really hold out or really search. But uh, but look to be paying about three hundred bucks for it. Um, and that last one where you're saying the three hundred, that was from a Genesis sale. That yeah. wasn't even a Super Nintendo sale. And classically, these have sold for more <laughs> on Super Nintendo than Genesis. So yeah. like like Stefan was saying, if if you really want it. I like I don't know where the morality is there, like if there's an ethical line or something, but technically you could just, you know, it's not a card swap. It's a the full box. Yeah, I don't know. And then on Super Nintendo, it's a specific box, right? Because it's the one with the red card. So you have to has to say red card. So like pick the right box or you will totally out yourself if you do this. Yeah, I, I mean, I would if I would have an ethical issue if they were properly numbered, like if it said, oh, this is X out of 5,000, or if they differentiated the adi- the edition number between the consoles, that I could see, like, pause for thought. But the product is absolutely identical. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with doing a game swap for it because, again, there's no, there's no tracking of edition size or anything like that. So we'll leave it up to you. This thing looks way too nice. Was this was this part of the '90s comic craze where people thought yes. like comics were yes. just okay? Yep. I don't remember yeah. anyone yeah, having that's exactly. Carnage as a kid. They were trying to sell the comic, not the game. I think it's like leather bound. It's red. It's like a super plain cover that just says Carnage in gold on it. It's really cool looking. Yeah, and I also will say that the um, you will be competing with comic collectors over these two because that that hardcover is exclusive to the set. Yeah, and that hardcover itself will sometimes go uh, for good Come money. Come on, go away, like, just outside of the box. <laughs> Something from the '90s isn't collectible. You know that. Yeah, they well, they should. Also, the box is fairly flimsy, so watch out for that too. Like, it, and it's not like properly weighted, so it's that box is kind of a mess. Like, mine is kind of damaged because it fell a few times back in the day when I first got it, and back then I think I only paid like 150 dollars or whatever. So. I was concerned about it, but I was like, nah, I'll just buy another one. And then I never did. Well, there's a there's one on eBay that you can buy it now for $1,500. Woo! Ooh, cool. There's actually uh, one for $1,399 or best offer, oh. too. So a little bit, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Anyways, uh, that is a good tip uh, as far as if you guys want to do a box swap, 
uh, that's fine. Uh, I'll leave that to you guys. Or you could just buy one, and then you know you could you could keep swapping back and forth and call it good, and not have to buy two. Of them. I, I, I am guilty of taking photos like that. <laughs> nice. Yep. Outing have, yourself. I've, okay. I mean, he's gonna have, out himself. I have no I, what am I gonna say? Outing myself that? on that. Okay. So um, I'm gonna talk about my first one. It is kind of well known. It is Gauntlet for the N64. There is a version that comes with a pewter minifigure. So on the N64 box, there's a little cutout. Uh, the figure comes in it. It's only the warrior figure because there was other mailway QVC fig or not QVC uh, other mailway figures that you could get these pewter figures. Uh, like if you bought the Dreamcast or the PlayStation version of the game, there's a little card you could send away, pay a couple bucks, and get these things for because. Back in the 90s, pewter figures were a thing. People loved pewter figures. I don't know why. Like, if you went into any, like, crystal shop, that would be a display of, like, you know, a bunch of crystal wizards and stuff, or uh, wizards holding crystals that were made of pewter. You're just like, I okay, Dude, whatever. Nerds needed I, that I, stuff. I had a time. pewter wizard holding a crystal, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like in Dragons. I always wanted one of these, to be honest, and I never got one. Uh, and so when I found out there was a pewter figure variant, I was very excited to go get this. So I have the I have this uh, one, but there was a while where people were trying to like switch the figures out because you'd find the box. They would like try and put a different figure in. It, it, the warrior is exclusive to this packaging. That's the number one thing to know about it. Um, sadly, it's a Nintendo item, so kind of people know about it. It gets kind of pricey. I have not checked prices on it lately, but I've seen it go for like anywhere from two to five hundred dollars. Um, it varies, you know, depending on the time of year and uh, you know who the seller is, because not a lot of them come up either. Um, as far as can you piece it together if you just found the box? Yes, uh, but kind of hard, and you'll be digging for through like pewter figures. Like you'll have to put gauntlet pewter figures in your list. And then be searching and through the person who has it so, has to know that it's a gauntlet pewter figure. <laughs> right. So I wouldn't recommend trying to do that. It can be done. I've seen it done, but it, you know, and it will Johnny, be correct difficult. me if I'm wrong, but the so. insert to that box is also unique to that box. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. So the insert is uh, because it has this cutout. Um, there's also a Hot Wheels one that has a cutout. I'm not sure if they're the same size. I don't think they are. I think both of these cutouts were unique. You can take a regular N64 box and cut it to, uh, not the box, but the insert, to cut it to make that kind of layout. But, you know, clearly your cut will be not like laser cut like theirs were. So you'll you'll be able to tell the difference. But if you didn't, if you found like a an empty box in the figure, you could make it work, but it would... It would look uh, jankier, I think is the <laughs> professional term. So, uh, yeah, my recommendation is if you are looking for this, just buy, buy a complete box and save yourself the headache. But, you know, if you don't care about it, there's just a regular gauntlet legacy that you can get for the N64 and, and not worry about that at all. Is this uh, is this the same Anyways. size as a regular N64 box? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah same size. It was one on eBay for three hundred fifty bucks. No yep, likes. that's uh, about what I figured. So the N sixty four has some interesting variants that uh, that came along. This is one I would say is uh, collectible. And if you so, 
And if you do want to piece it together, I have an empty box. So at me, girl. <laughs> uh, why do you have an empty box? I'm going to ask. I got it in a lot. Oh, wow. Weird. Okay. All right. We got anything else there? You guys want to throw anything down on Gauntlet or Tower? Do you want to Gauntlet, give us your next one? It's Gauntlet Legends. Was that an arcade? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. the one I in arcade. Legacy. Seven Sorrows is on Xbox. So that game's worthless. Don't buy it. No, people like that gauntlet. Play it in the arcades. Don't don't play an N64 version of an arcade game. Are you, are you sure? Are you sure? You're not thinking of Dark uh, no, Legacy? No, I'm not sure. Because fucking who gets all the 3D gauntlet games straight? <laughs> oh, not me. I called it Gauntlet Legacy when I meant Gauntlet Legends. And then there's Gauntlet Dark Legacy, which you could play on like the GameCube PS2. I like Gauntlet. What do you want? Well, you can't even keep them straight. Yes, Gauntlet Legends is an arcade game, and it is the game I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm going to say, don't play it on N64. I've never played it. I imagine it runs at like 20 frames a second. They are both actually arcade games, and they're big four-player cabinets, and they're they're fun to play in the arcade. But it's also fun to play with your friends at home. It was like, you know, like Bad feels It feels like a home game in the arcade, I remember, which I I always thought was really weird. Like, Gauntlet feels like an arcade game, but Gauntlet Legends is like, "Ah, this feels like I should be playing this at home. It feels pretty lengthy and stuff. Anyway. Yep. uh, Johnny, should I talk about uh, another thing? Go ahead, yeah. Uh, So... The next one I've got is the blockbuster individual releases of Grand Theft Auto on the Xbox. And there might be other things like this for blockbuster, but I specifically know about these. So Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City never had an individual release on the Xbox, but they were in the Grand Theft Auto Double Pack and the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy. So blockbuster wasn't renting out these big box Xbox games, so... When Blockbuster got these for rental, they made individual size DVD cases with real inserts in them. And the way you tell them apart is that on the back, there's no UPC. But if you actually take the insert out of the case, it's like a real, actually thick Xbox insert. It's not like a piece of paper. Uh, And so usually I see these, they come in black Blockbuster cases. Um, And then a lot of people, it's, it's totally different from the ones that come in the trilogy and the double pack, because those don't look like the... Grand Theft Auto box art at all. These look like basically the PS2 games, uh, just with no UPC on the back. And uh, I think these are out there, because I just recently found uh, another Grand Theft Auto 3 at my local store. Um, So probably not a lot of people are looking for them, though. They're pretty rare in terms of how to find Xbox stuff, considering it's a really big game like Grand Theft Auto. I mean, there's obviously a ton of these out there, but I don't see it very often. I just think there's something kind of cool. Yeah, that is a cool, uh, you know, that's, that's a very cool item. Blockbuster has a history of having a lot of weird stuff, and we might have to do an episode where we cover some of the Blockbuster stuff, but a lot of that info just isn't very well exposed, so these things, people don't think to put them out there, so they're hard to find. A lot lot of, like, the exclusive Blockbuster games just say Blockbuster exclusive on it, though, right? Like, even before people cared about collecting games. They did, but then some of them didn't stay exclusive. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, that's part of the whole history of Blockbuster. We can... Maybe one day do a dive, but like we would actually have to sit down and do some kind of research on that because there's a lot of different disinformation on that too. Like, was Flintstones 2 just a blockbuster exclusive? Uh, clearly it wasn't as it was in Brazil and stuff, and we've seen releases in other places. So, is it, but, and the Brazil version is the exact same as the US version. So, is that like, w- so it's if, not blockbuster if Flintstones exclusive? 2, uh, well, is it or isn't it? Like, what are what are your terms there? And like, you know, the Brazilian one, I guess, is actually a little different. I think the back of the cart has a slight variant, but um, 
everything else is the same. The box is all in English. So that's that's what I'm saying. Blockbuster is kind of a, a sticky wicket, right? It it takes a lot of explaining. Anyways, I, I think that's interesting. People like the Blockbuster yeah, stuff. Stefan likes Stephen, it so much you, he's got, got signs these, in his house. You have these GTA games? Uh, I do. Good job. I think so. I learned about them on Reddit like three years ago. Some guy posted them. They're like, check out what I found. I'm like, holy crap, what is that? Uh, It took me like a month or two to find them both on eBay. So they're not super rare. And there's also bonus bonus variant. They also have a Dead or Alive Ultimate that comes in a single case. It's like two discs jammed into the same case, and it also has a an individual sized DVD insert for DOA Ultimate. Hmm. I didn't know about that one. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I don't think I have that. Gotta go get it. Yep. (laughs) Pass. Pass. Don't care. All right, uh, uh, Stefan. What? Yeah. What? Or do you have more on that no. tower? Or you I wanna... want Stefan to talk about another right. one because that's it for. I want to talk about Tony Hawk specifically. No, I want to talk about. No. I want to no. talk about Project Eight. So there was a, a Target exclusive release of Tony Hawk Project Eight uh, that came with a skate deck, and now so this is not to be confused with Tony Hawk Ride, which came with a uh, skateboard controller that was terrible. Uh, this is actually just a regular edition of Project 8 packed into a box that's probably, I'd say, two feet long, two and a half feet long. Stephen, and uh, what? What system? For PS2 and Xbox. Okay. Yeah. It's cross system. I was getting to that. God. Okay. Was, God. God. Well, I didn't know if, the, like, I didn't know if the variant was only for one of, because sometimes Target will only have a variant for one of the systems. So I was just making sure we knew. Yeah, no, so the the uh it, it came with both both uh, Xbox and, and PS2. Uh so yeah, so it's packed into a box that's uh that's about two and a half feet long. You can there's a big window in the front where you can see the actual skate deck. The deck is, I believe, uh exclusive to the set because it says Tony Hawk Project Eight on it, and why would you buy something like that if you weren't buying the game? It also comes with a uh uh, a, a code to unlock some additional content as well. I'm not 100% sure what the edition size is on this. I've never opened mine. It does have a uh, certificate of authenticity. I'm just not sure what's on that certificate. What's your number? Whether or not it says an edition size or not. There, I'm looking yeah. at on eBay. There's a number. It says 13,212, and it has a fake Tony Hawk well, signature that says authorized signature, but it's so obviously just a printed on signature. Yeah, yeah, all the all the uh all the skate decks are quote unquote signed. Yeah. Yeah, I can't 13,000 seems like an awful lot considering how how infrequently I see them. Um but uh but maybe, I don't know. Uh that could just be a serial number. Um so yeah, so the it's it's fairly uncommon. There's there's one I think on eBay right now. Uh they'll they'll cost you about $200. Uh, which isn't a horrible amount. I'm looking at one brand new for $40 on eBay right now. Really? Yep. There was. Boom. Dead. Gone. <laughs> did you just buy it? I did. <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, suckers. Got to be faster than the that. Other one I, the one I saw this morning was 189 so that's good. Why would you want this in your house? It's such a piece I of did. shit. I I'm, did. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I did not buy it. It's still there for $40. I'm not going to buy this. I, pack, I just packed up all my Xbox stuff. Uh Though I think that's a fair price to pay for it. It'll cost you like $60 because it's $20 ship. Yeah. And if you're into this kind of thing, you should go ahead and go buy that. Nope. Actually, I have like one of the ride ones with the stupid skateboard. I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this thing? And uh, the answer was throw it in the garage on top of some other boxes. Stefan, you've got more room for uh, absolute garbage. So you can enjoy this 
Uh, I if I was collecting a, a Tony Hawk Project 8 variant, I would get the Platinum Hits version, because that is a pretty rare Platinum Hits game. Oh, uh, guys, there's also a Tony Hawk Project 8 skateboard for the PS2. That was the Xbox. So you could get both variants of this right now. They're, this one's $30 with $20 shipping, so this one's only 50 Wait, But the box is open. <laughs> Uh, this is a two hundred dollar game. Guys. I apparently bad at eBay. Uh, they're sold by the same warehouse outlet guy on eBay. Yeah, so it's you gotta type in Hawks, not Hawk, because it's like oh. Hawks. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Anyways, Stefan's probably buying that one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at that. There it is. I wonder why it's. Huh. I'll have to look at that. Because who wants yep. this in their house? It's an Xbox game. I know, like, you're probably excited about Xbox right now, but, man, Xbox is the worst. Says full set Xbox guy. Yep. So he knows. I he know. Knows. He, he is the source. Xbox. You want to know if it's bad? Oh, Stefan's got, like, all the dance mat bundles, and the only thing you need on Xbox is Steel Battalion. The only thing you could actually take out and use. You're never going to use those dance games. All right, so it looks like the certificate does have a certificate number. This one, this PS2 one here is like 10,535. Maybe it started at 10,000 to make it seem fancy. That's entirely possible, too. Anyways, there's a shit ton of these, apparently. But, you know, to find it in the box, most people who bought this probably opened it up. Like, you might find the deck loose or whatever, but uh, I think think going forward in the future, it's going to be a, a hard thing to find complete in box. So if you want these, this is actually a perfect time to go grab those, especially as a at a relatively low price. Yeah, this Except is definitely for the PS2 one because I because I did actually just buy that. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> there we go. All right. So um, let's. I guess uh, you have anything more on Tony Hawk that you want? No, to you go? guys totally. You guys totally ravaged my price for it. That's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. We are helping people out. It's yeah. not about. Uh, it's not about anything on you it's trying to do the best for the viewers we were looking we were helping so uh viewers listeners they're listeners you're not looking at this thank god this is an ugly ass site all right um i'm gonna say it's interesting that the xbox variant is ten dollars more than the ps2 variant and they're both new i mean neither no one bought them so they're just buy nows but okay you guys don't find that interesting no no i i I, (laughs) I don't think people care. Like, I think they just priced it at whatever. I don't think that's like consistent pricing. I think the seller is going to be sorely surprised at how much it takes him to ship me this thing. <laughs> well, he might have like, a, if it's a warehouse, they probably have like a FedEx account or something. So he'll probably ship it for like six dollars, six six to ten dollars. He's probably making money on shipping it for you. That's fair. Well, because that's the thing. If you're like a bulk shipper, you get much better rates than a. Uh, you know, if you and I tried to walk into the post office and send that to someone. And that's the other thing with these. So if you see them for a low price like that and the shipping isn't outrageous, you should probably just take advantage of it because shipping is never going down. So all these big box stuff, uh, you know, if you want it, now's the time because postage has gotten extremely more expensive as uh, as I've been collecting. It used to just be like, whatever, I didn't even write it into my cost. Now I have to be, now I have to take a count of my shipping. Anyways, uh, I'll go on to my next one, and this this is a funny one. So, do you guys you guys remember the dance mat craze? We just talked briefly about dance mats. I remember it, Johnny. I was there. Yeah. So, what system would you say did the dance mat kind of like really come home with? Like, what system did you see all the dance mat on? Uh, PS One or probably PS Two is when it got real big. Yep. 
I'd say PS2. Okay. So, yeah, there which ones I'm not sure which ones it was packed in on the PS1 except for this one this variant. This is just kind of an oddball variant and it's Walt Disney's The Jungle Book Rhythm and Groove with Dance Mat. <laughs> I'm going to say that was so a late release PlayStation game. So, yeah, it it's a it's a weird it came in like this big box. You don't see them very often and suddenly it just has a dance mat. I remember when I found this thing, I was like, what is going on? Why did PS1 games have dance mat? Because I was always of like GameCube PS2 is when the dance mat was a thing, right? And then culminated kind of on the Wii. And then they just had a million dance mat and accessory games on the Wii. So it was total garbage. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised to find it on the PS1. So this thing is, you know, you don't see them for sale very often. I've seen them go for like 60 to 80 bucks. I don't know what the current pricing is on them. I, like, there's even a European version. Like, there's actually one on eBay right now uh, for $27 and 20 shipping for the American version. But there's also a European version. And I would buy this thing, like, just right away because you never, ever see this thing. Tyler, you're going to buy it right now? I'm looking at it, but no. But I, you're gonna you buy know it. that Netflix you're lady that's it. like only get things that spark joy or whatever? This uh-huh. is not going to spark joy for me. Yeah, Marie um, Kondo, right? Sure, right. Yes. I've messed up her name like three times. We've referenced her on the podcast like four times. Also, I feel like she should be like our mortal enemy or something. Right? <laughs> no, no, everything no, sparks she, joy for us. Come on. Yeah, we're, we're enjoying this. And also she enables people throwing out the stuff that we want to buy. So we should thank her. We should thank her for having people throw out video games? Yeah, they take them to the goodwill. They wind up in circulation, then we can buy them. Oh, all right. All right. You know, or they just put them on eBay. They aren't, they're like, we don't need these old games laying around. Let's get rid of them. That's what's happening because guys, of her. Am I buying this Jungle Book? They're both PAL copies. You guys are collecting no, no, PAL there's PlayStation an, copies? Now? No, there's an American copy this for $27.99 plus with $20 shipping. 20 shipping. Yep, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's, like the collector's quest goes on eBay and buys everything <laughs> we're talking <yeah>. about. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry guys there isn't one on ebay keep watching oh yeah that's um, a great price i don't even know yeah, what that's... this is but i mean just the cost of shipping that guy is probably screwing himself it it's not it's not something that pops up very often like if you just type in jungle book on ps1 it's not a game that pops up a ton especially considering the print run of ps1 games so to find it in like this weird packaging is like extra oh it's brand new anyways too. Good job, Stefan. I would thanks just, for telling Stefan to buy say, that, Johnny. Yeah, that's that's what we're here for—the Stefan <laughs> buy stuff podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've we've all been guilty of buying stuff while on air, so yeah, um, not gonna not gonna diminish him too hard. But uh, sorry to our listeners who no longer have the opportunity. Anyways, um, that's all I got to say about that. If you see this thing, have this thing. That's awesome. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of weird big box is on the PS1 either, so that's kind of a cool variant to have. Not super collectible or Stephanie, anything. I don't think people the, uh, care. The Assassin's Case to complete your PS1 big box collection, though. Yeah, we well, save that el- for the episode. Elemental Gear Bolt. Yeah, we're <laughs> that, we'll talk about that on the on a PS1 episode. Anyways, that's all I got. Next? I forgot the order. Am I next? It's Stefan. Nope, it's Stefan. Okay. Is it me? Yep. Alrighty. 
So we are talking about probably the worst kept secret in Super Nintendo variants. The uh, the zombies eat my neighbors. Most people refer to it as the Mexican release in that it was manufactured in Mexico. Um, this is likely, uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, this is likely a Majesco re-release. I don't know that we have confirmation, but just looking at the uh, build quality, it's very similar to the way that Majesco would print their Made in Mexico boxes. Um, but what makes this, uh, this set, sets this uh, zombies apart from the normal release is that the, the box art is uh, different. It's a very... Um, I want to say it's a n- much more 90s. '90s aesthetic. Yeah, much more <laughs> '90s aesthetic. Um, it's got uh, a kid with a real big head and a super soaker uh, in the front of it, and um, and it's uh, it's just it's a real 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 cool piece of art. Um, and they are exceedingly rare. Typically now they'll go between like five and nine hundred dollars, depending on condition. On this on this one in particular, because that box is just so low quality, um, because of the the build materials, condition really is king on this particular one. So if you want something in real nice shape, it's going to cost you you know more more north of seven eight nine hundred dollars seven eight nine hundred dollars. Um, if you are, are cool with, with grabbing one that's in rougher shape, you can probably get it down to four or five. Who is collecting this obscure Zombies Ate My Neighbor th- thing who's not like a complete mint SNES collector? That's why it has such a huge premium. Uh, uh, people who collect variants or collect just rare versions. There are people who just like collect but, the but high I end think... stuff. So also those collectors. Yeah, but like the kind of person who uh, wants this definitely wants well, it to I be. Don't know. I mean, nice I think there's a lot of people really. who yeah, just that... like to check the box, right? And um so I think there is there is a market to be served there. People who just want to say, I have this thing and kind of want to have a lower point of entry for it. And no, you can't see a picture of it. It's on my checklist though. All right. <laughs> yeah, are you gonna I, buy one on the I, podcast I right have now? One. I have one. Should, should we look for a good deal? Yeah. yeah. No, we gotta, Ty- Tyler, Tyler's got to buy something. Let's find the, him a good deal. You're the only one of the three of us that don't have it. So, you know, it's it's really the, the pressure's on. The pressure's on, Tyler. Why is that? That's, there's so many things like that. <laughs> there's not so many things like that. We all have a lot of the same stuff. For Nintendo stuff and Sega stuff specifically, Stefan always goes and gets that high end uh, stuff that you have, Johnny. He sees your shiny baubles. Oh, man, there's one uh, auction on eBay right yeah. now, and there's a buy now on eBay for 800 and there's one from like look at that. my my price was spot on for this one. This eight hundred dollar one doesn't look very good, but man, that that auction's at one hundred fifty guys. We am I bidding? Am I? Yeah, you yeah you put, definitely watch that because yeah, put that on your watch. I feel better now. Now Tyler's <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't care about. I care about like I need Nintendo published games and stuff. I'm looking for like Pokemon Red right now. Who cares about Pokemon Red? This is way cooler than Pokemon Red. Johnny, you're really an old is. man. You don't you don't remember how big Pokemon was. No, no, I know how big Pokemon was. I just think that this is a much cooler piece, and there's about a million Pokemon Reds out there. Yeah, and that's why I need to get a Pokemon Red. I would also, right. I would also mention that the uh, even though the uh, box art is different, the manual and the cart art are the same as the the standard release. So if you can you can find a, a box only of this, which sometimes you can, uh, then you can piece them together. So you said it might be a Majesco re-release, but the Majesco boxes and manuals say Majesco sales on them. 
So the one, this one for auction actually doesn't have a manual. And now that you're you you put it into my head, this might be a Majesco release. Now I'm worried about the manual. There's no confirmation on that. Okay. Yeah. There's no confirmation at all on that. Yep. That's speculation. Yep. All right. It I'm not going to speculation this. This because because there weren't a ton of other people who were shipping things out to Mexico at the time. I mean, for this particular thing. Oh man. Yep. All right, Tyler, are you ready with yours? I'm going to I'm going to segue in from this maybe Majesco game to definitely Majesco games. So, uh Stefan was talking about how the Majesco boxes feel terrible, and that's because Majesco in the late 90s back when all the people saw old Super Nintendo games as just garbage that wasn't worth anything anymore, they bought the rights to re-release all these Super Nintendo games. And they put them out with these terrible cheap boxes that have like this rough texture to them. And all the manuals are like black and white. And the cartridge labels are super thin and terrible. No one wants a Majesco game. So after they did that, they had leftover stock of just cartridges in PCBs that didn't have labels on them. And they're like, I don't know, we got to get rid of this stuff. We got to sell it. So they sold it to a wholesaler or they sold it to someone who produced to finish the cartridges as cheaply as possible, meaning they didn't even print a color sticker to put on the label. It's literally just a full white sticker that has a red outline on it. It's the same sticker they used for their internal quality assurance carts. And it's just plain text. It says Contra 3, the Alien Wars. And then on the top, it says Super Nintendo. And there's a bunch of these. I don't know quite how many there are, but Johnny does. There's at least like a dozen I actually don't know how many there are. That's uh, that's like a Stefan project, yeah. Because I don't care about these. Well, and the the list is actually a little bit loose because, like you said, like they they also used the same label for other things like internal QA and stuff like that. So we're finding carts that that weren't on the list. Um, I, oh God, I can't remember which what game it was, but the other day somebody showed me one that I had never seen before. So the 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 actual there's there's not really a hard list for these two because there's some like the Mega Man X one I think people have only found one of and that might be an internal cart and so it's uh it's kind of a squishy list so so the ones you could find out there there's like Earthworm Jim two Top Gear uh, Contra three for some reason like super common like you'd think that like people would want a Contra three variant these are actually pretty rare people would like be like yeah forty bucks I'll get a Contra three cart that no one else has but people are just like man that thing looks like garbage i do not want that i think a lot of people don't actually know that they are variants right they just think that oh okay this label fell off and someone just slapped something on there i think there's a uh people there's there's just not enough inform- the, these have not been disseminated into the consciousness uh thoroughly enough for people to go like oh yeah that's a thing i need to buy a lot of people i think just look at them and go oh something happened to the original label somebody slapped something on it yeah, and it literally looks like your mom like printed this out on some stickers she had. That's how bad it looks. It looks like an Atari right, game. That's like some some Atari games by third parties were just like complete garbage. That's what these are. And, and the stickers don't the stickers don't actually fit the carts either. That's something that I'll say yeah. when you're looking for them. So they actually the the spine label actually goes up over the top and sometimes even fully over the back of the cartridge. So nine times out of 10, you'll find these things where the labels are peeling up from the top. But that's not that's not a bad condition when you're talking about these games uh, because, I, again, the, the labels were not fitted to the cartridge, so they all sort of eventually peel up. I have tacked uh, many of them down with, with a glue stick, and it works just fine. 
So uh, right now you can get uh, Contra 3 brand new sealed in its plastic bag that it was originally in for $40 shift on eBay. Uh, I think this guy has multiple. And the whole description of this thing is like, this is not a bootleg. This is not a reproduction. This is real. Uh, That's pretty funny. Yeah, because he's probably had people report him. He's (laughs) probably suffered through this. He's like, I'm just trying to get rid of these things that no one cares about. Please, please let me sell these on eBay. I bought a bunch of these and it was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so another thing, these Majesco games, like not just the white label ones, but they're like just complete garbage. Like the boxes have misprints and stuff on them. So one of the, the best white label releases is WF WrestleMania. Woo. Yeah. The good old WF, the World Federation. Yeah. Or like the uh, Scooby... I, I honestly don't even remember which Scooby-Doo it is, but there's a couple Scooby-Doos for Super Nintendo. But, uh, no, there's, there's only one. Isn't there? No. There's, there's more than one... Isn't there? Nope. Okay. You're going to oh, argue anyway. with Johnny? Come on. It just says, there's it just, just a cartridge says, labeled Scooby-Doo. They're yep, like, yeah, it's it the is. Scooby-Doo game. Yep. Kids don't care which one it is. It's the Scooby-Doo game. What am I thinking? Xbox? Oh, whatever. Are the two Scooby-Doo right. mysteries <laughs> different between Genesis and Super Nintendo? Is that it? They are. They are different, yes. Yeah. Same name, different game. That's another episode that's coming up. Ooh. We're going to do that one. It's going to be fun. That'll be another series we're going to start doing because that's interesting. And Anyways. So as a last thing, so the correctly labeled one of, I'm going to guess probably the most desirable one of these is Contra 3 because it's cool. That's 40 bucks. And every other one I've bought, I think I bought for less than $10 because nobody wants these. A lot of people will say like they're not even collectible just because they're such pieces of garbage, despite how rare they are. Yep. Isn't there a TMNT uh, on there as well? I've never seen one. Majesco hmm. re-released TMNT. I don't know if they did a white label one, though. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I thought there was. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything more on that or shall I do my last one? Go on, Johnny. Okay, so maybe you guys have heard of this one. It's a little obscure. It's Super Mario Brothers. I'm just kidding. We don't need to talk. Everyone knows about. Oh, the Super I heard Mario the thirty thousand dollar one. Yeah, all right. That game's yeah, worth thirty thousand. Yeah. Well, there's there's one that came in a box, you know, classic black box, and then there's one that came with Duck Hunt, and then there's one that came with Duck Hunt and Track and Field. Yeah, the Duck the Mario Duck Hunt box is super rare. Super rare. Uh, the <laughs> Track and Field box even more rare. Anyways, no, I'm not talking about that variant, though it is a variant. Uh, it is not collectible. I'm talking about a Nintendo game, also not very collectible, but I do find it interesting, and I'm going to have to set this up a little bit. Okay, there's three major variants of this game, but only two box variants that I know of, and it's Wayne Gretzky's Hockey for the NES. So there's two separate boxes. There's one with his home jersey, on so he's in uh black and then the, in his away costumes or costume uniform uh which is white and that's you have boxes that have both but then on the cartridge they on the away one the white one there's part where i guess maybe he either retired was he traded at the very end of his career i can't remember um where they blur out the king's logo because he played for the los angeles kings so they blurred that out on the cart in later releases. So, there, of course, there's going to be revision and stuff, but I don't consider that major variants. But uh, yeah, so this is like, no one cares about these variants. In fact, I didn't even know about these until I was told probably three years ago now on a separate podcast by a friend. I was like, oh, and then I went and looked into them. 
And I, I find it very interesting that these exist, that this was a thing that they thought they should do. Because I get, I mean, Gretzky was like at the top then, you know, the, they call him the great one, but uh, his popularity had never been higher than when they released this game. And I guess they were just handing out games to everyone back then. So, you know, what, what was the, uh, the hockey game where they used his likeness, but then like paint did the paint over. It was like him and a, him and another hockey player, uh, going after a puck on the cover and they it's an nes game and they painted over them so that they it was the exact same poses but they they painted them over so they they weren't those those athletes uh, i don't know about this um was it like blades of steel yeah i think i think it was blades of steel it was so the only reason why i was th- thinking about this is i was recently um listening to an interview with uh tom Bois, the the artist and he um he ended up having to pay the agency something like ten thousand dollars or something like that because he was the, he was the one that did all the Konami work. So he was doing he did uh, Turtles in Time and Contra, uh, all the Super Nintendo stuff. And uh, so if he if he wanted to get any more work, he basically had to pay the agency because he because they got sued by the photographer who took that picture. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, and if it was Konami work, then it was definitely Blades of Steel. Yep. And it makes sense. I'm like kind of looking at it because uh, he was a ranger, I believe, yep. at the very beginning of his career. Uh, my hockey knowledge is pretty limited, but I, I think that's correct. I so all the hockey it, fans can correct me if I'm wrong there. I just, I just thought it was a fascinating case of someone actually suing the artist instead of suing the publisher. Yeah. Which I thought was crazy. Johnny, I've got a question so, about this Gretzky hockey variant. Sure. So the black... The black jersey and the white jersey variants have matching manuals to go with them. Do you know if the blank jersey one has a manual to go with it? I don't know that. Um, hmm. Because I would, I think it would be funny if they just blanked out the jersey for the the uh, label the and then on the on the manual they're just like, ah, yeah. eh, we're not going to do it. We're just going to we have these well, extra they, manuals left over. And I'm unsure, like, because I've seen the blank jersey cart like in just the regular box. So I don't think there's a box for the blank jersey. So it would be pretty funny if um, it was like that, where they just were like, you know what? <laughs> Screw this. In fact, I, I think there's an eBay auction that I looked at that had, had it. Do they even show show the manual? Nope, they don't. Uh, it this is like someone's project. Like they were going to do it. And then they're like, guys, it's not worth it. We have extra stock. Just ship it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like, so with this game, you have to be careful too. Because the manual that you there's two different manuals right that come with the correct box, so like the first one I got and I had to go buy a different manual is because I I got the away jersey manual with the with the home cart and box. I don't know why that would happen. Um, obviously, someone repackaged it all together. It wasn't like it wasn't a mistake or anything. I mean, it wasn't. Johnny, you don't know what was going on in those factory. factories during the switch over. They could have had I, some mismatches. There, absolutely, there could. I just think it's more likely that um, in the era of people piecing stuff together, that they just tossed in the wrong manual. So, anyways, I I just think that's an interesting variant. It's not very collectible. Uh, it's not even often talked about. It's like if you want to complete one, both of these games. I don't think one is more expensive than the other. It's like thirty. 30 bucks ish right now. You can even do a little better if you, uh, if you hunt. So it's like an inbox and S game worthless, which is great. They're like all yeah. like well under $10. Yeah. So you can get the blank Jersey variant for you know probably five or six bucks. If you're really looking for that. 
that's uh, that's what I have on that. That's my last variant. In fact, I will tell you guys, there's a blank jersey variant that Tower's going to buy right now for seven dollars <laughs> no, and sixty-four cents. I looked at the description already. Cents. It said that it's uh, it's a generic stock photo. <laughs> no, no, this I'm looking at an actual one, and uh, it says it's loose, good with some signs of use. Tyler, save five dollars for every five items you buy. This item is seven dollars and sixty-four cents from JJ Games. Yeah, JJ Games, go out, go down in the description. I know, I know. It's JJ Games. <laughs> no, I already looked at them. Like, oh, it's seven bucks, uh, I'll get that. Yeah. Also, their stuff's always cheaper on their website. I always go to jjgames.com. Unless eBay is doing like sometimes they like JJ Games. If you are buying more than five from them, sometimes it does wind up being cheaper. Uh, if you buy like, or there's a sale from eBay, it's not, it doesn't always work out, but I I've been, I've been a full cart at JJ games and then an eBay sale comes up and then had to pitch my cart there and then go to eBay. Hold on, Johnny. I want to see what, which one I have right now. Okay. We're going to, we're, we're doing it live and uh, Tyler's <laughs> going to tell us which version he has. Stefan, do you know which version you have? Uh, I do not. I, but right. I, I super don't care. <laughs> Stefan, go to your rack. Pull it out. Let's all see which version we have. Nope. Nope. Come on, Stefan. <laughs> Damn it. I've got the... I don't know what the Homer Away jersey is. I've got the white one. Black. Okay, that's the Away. Great. Who cares? All right. Hockey. Who cares? Wayne Gretzky's hockey on N64. One of the only good N64 games. Play that one. All right. So, you do care about hockey a little, apparently. Yeah, I need to go. I'm going to go... Here, I'm going to go find one and buy it just so I could say I bought something on this podcast. I'm going to go find a black cart. There's like one for $5. All right. Perfect. <laughs> We, we did it, guys. We made Tyler buy something. Podcasting. Yay! But there's like zero competition for this cart, so... Yes. Yeah. It doesn't... You know, Johnny, it doesn't have to be an expensive thing for you to want it in your collection. No, there's one for six fifty nine or best offer right now. Very bottom of the list, Tyler. Go ahead and shoot him an offer. All uh, right. <laughs> That's free shipping, too. This, uh, this cart? It is looks nice. Uh, all right. Yeah, it looks nice. So, anyways... That this is our variant episode. Hopefully, we don't buy all the stupid variants out from under you guys in the next episode, because we're a bunch of jerks. Um, yeah, we should of, ban, we should ban each other <laughs> from being like, on eBay doing the podcast. Yeah, so uh, it doesn't help. Like we actually had a review, and I showed you guys where people said, uh, you know, they like they like the podcast, but we make them feel poor. And uh, I, I, I want to just talk about that phenomenon a little bit. One, apologies if that's how this podcast ever makes you feel. We're here to give you tips on collecting. It's not the size of your collection. It's what you want to do with it. And we're just here to arm you with the best information to do so. Yes, we have large collections, but you should. We always talk about this. There's always collector's envy. Even at our level, you can look at the next guy. There's people who have like way more extreme stuff than us that make me look the, the poorest and most brokest of the broke. But that's not what it's about. It's about collecting what what you're trying to do and having the best information to do that. So um, don't take it personal. And, uh, you know, sorry if that makes you feel a little bad. But take the information and uh, profit where we can tell you uh, through our experience of of buying many games and wasting all of our monies. I just want to say that all three of the variants that I was talking about are things that I wouldn't pay money for it. I would just search for it on eBay until it like slips through the cracks because no one's looking for it. So this is the kind of right. thing you can collect with like no money. Right. Well, and this Wayne Gretzky is like, if you want these, you're not paying out for these either. But um, yeah, and, like most of the stuff is not like, I mean, aside from Zombies Ate My Neighbor and like the Gauntlet one, like these aren't ones that are, you know, super well known. People aren't like hunting these down like crazy. 
So, anyways, uh, that's it for the variants. Let's move to the second half of the show, unless anyone has anything, Tyler. I don't. All right, cool. So, uh, what are we buying, aside from everything we just bought on the podcast, and what are we (laughs) selling? Jerks. What are we selling? <laughs> yeah. Mind All right. You, so, guys, I've got this I, oh, copy book, Kaboom on 2600 for sales, $19. I, I also want to throw out one of the reviews says I'm like mean and derogatory to you guys, which is fine. I am a little mean sometimes. Uh, but I always feel like I'm defending, like I'm fighting you guys for like what I think is best for our viewers. And they're like, Johnny's really mean to them. I'm like, oh, man. But I thought. I was on. I thought I was the voice of the people, nope. but it turns out I'm not the voice of the people. I'm just a jerk. Sorry, guys. So when me and Stefan team up you. on you, the people are behind us. Yeah, apparently they don't and like you're it just when being I'm being mean. mean. Yeah, that's uh, sorry. My apologies, guys. I <laughs> I didn't mean to just be mean to you. You guys know how I am. I'm prickly. That's how I am. <laughs> so uh, I have other good qualities. My personality is not one of them. Uh, anyway, so let's move on to uh, what Big we've mood, bought Johnny. and what we've sold. Yeah, I'm frowny over here. All right, uh, Tyler, what did you buy? Uh, I bought one game, and uh, it's the most expensive game I ever bought, so it's probably not a good segue from speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. So- yeah, that this totally makes sense right now. Yeah, <laughs> Go on. Um, Remember, I'm the mean one. It is. Uh, so the Collector's Quest podcast for a long time has had three copies of Outback Joey between them, and now I actually own one of those three. Because uh, I bought Stefan's extra fake copy of Outback Joey. Well, I technically right. bought his real one, and he kept his fake one. It's my extra copy, but it's also extra fake. So, yep. uh, speaking yeah. of variants, there are two <laughs> Outback Joey variants. One has square-cut labels, and one has like regular rounded labels. Like The square-cut labels, it looks like a fake label that someone just put on it. But p- personally, every copy I've seen of Outback Joey Complete in Box, inclu- including both Johnny's and Stefan's, have that square-cut label. So that's obviously a real Outback Joey cart. Well, there are some people on the internet that are and uh, think that that's not true. And <laughs> Damn it, Johnny. <laughs> Gonna have to cut that. Yeah. Those people made me real, real mad, and I made a YouTube video detailing the difference between the two of them. So if you look online for Outback Joey, um, or for uh, look on YouTube for Outback Joey, and you can probably cross-reference my name, and it will. Uh, you, there's actually a very informative video of the differences between the two variants. Yep. Uh, Stefan did a lot of research. I... Applied some of my research onto them as well, and uh, it will cover all the bases. If you are worried about your copy, like the seven of you who give a shit about Outback Joey, uh, you can look at your copy and, and feel fine. Don't don't worry about this, and we can arm you with all the information to fight someone. And yeah, it is a it is a card only copy. If I didn't make that clear, also Outback Joey not part of the Sega Genesis set, although maybe it's part of the Sega Genesis set, but it's part can, of the the one game heartbeat whatever console set. Yeah, you've got you completed a set today. Cool. <laughs> wasn't there, wasn't no, there wasn't another game. They had planned like there, some hockey game, right? No, there was one that showed up uh, a PGA golf one that showed up as a prototype. Yeah, there's oh, been a couple of prototypes. Yep. Great. You getting those? Anyways, you should get those guys. Uh, I would love to have that prototype, but it's not for sale, and I probably wouldn't want to pay the price for it. Yeah, because right, I don't. Well, care I uh, I won what we bought this week, so we could just skip you guys. Okay. Uh, Stefan, I'm sure Stefan bought a bunch of weird stuff. Um, yeah. So I. Uh, he should go back and listen to that, uh, you know, stuff you shouldn't collect episode we did. 
Yeah, I should. I I have been buying a lot of video game adjacent things recently. <laughs> Some uh, of them. That's going to be will, the name I, of an episode. Some video game adjacent <laughs> things we no, want to talk I, about. I, well, that's actually is like on the episode list. Uh, and I, again, being mean to Stefan, but some of these things are cool. And one of the things I even want from him. So I have to like see how I pry it from his hands. Yeah. So um, I've been really into clothing recently, video game associated clothing, uh, specifically like internal clothing, not not retail, but like, you know, Nintendo employee stuff and that kind of thing. And so uh, the most recent one of my most recent pickups that I was really excited for was a gameplay counselor jacket. Uh, it's the ones that say that have uh, Samus from uh, the original Metroid art on the back, and it says "Gameplay Counselor." Now you're playing with power. It's a beautiful, beautiful jacket. Um, there's you know only a handful of those. They were given to the first twenty uh, gameplay counselors in 1988. So yeah, there's there's not there's not a ton of them. Um, I also got speaking of things that that are sort of video game adjacent. Uh, I got an Ultra Hand, which was one of the most. Uh, it was really the not what, the what, first. What is an Ultra Hand? So the the Ultra Hand is the. It's not the first toy that Nintendo made. So worst kept secret in video games is that Nintendo started making toys and and trading cards and they before they made video games. Okay, I'm gonna stop you right there. The worst kept secret in video games is that Doki Doki Panic is Super Mario Brothers two. But go on. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Second worst kept secret is that Nintendo didn't always make video games, and uh, so one of the, uh, or really the 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 toy that put them on the map was called the Ultra Hand, and it's basically one of those spring loaded grabby hands, um, that uh, novelty hands, uh, they that have like suction cups on the end, and you can you can grab things with a flick of the switch, but. Um, but this one was designed by Gunpoi Yokoi, who uh, went on to design the Game Boy and uh, designed the original Metroid and invented the freaking D-pad. Like this did, this guy did everything. So uh, it was really kind of a landmark piece for them. And uh, so I, I picked one up and I'm pretty excited for that too. Nice. They're, they're in the WarioWare games. So if yes. you've never yep. seen one, you might have seen one before. There's a little grabby arm. And the the thing I'm trying to get from Stefan, just so he knows, he's got these Dragon Warrior buttons. You want to talk about those real quick? Oh, sure. Because uh, so... I think those are very neat, even though yeah. they are like pretty generic. I like I, them. I... I've got one for you, Johnny. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so when Nintendo did, again, going back to me getting stuff from uh, gameplay counselors, when Nintendo did the, I think they called it the million cart giveaway or something. I don't know, I don't know that it was actually millions of carts, but it was definitely thousands and thousands. Nintendo, Nintendo Power gave away uh, to anyone who mailed in for it a, a copy of Dragon Warrior 1 to sort of... Uh, it was with in, the subscription it, of Nintendo Power you got right. Dragon Warrior. Right, so this was to kind of introduce introduce the American market to the RPG, which you know it didn't have unless unless you were playing on PC, you didn't really have that big of an introduction to to RPGs at that point. Um, and so uh, when they did that, you know, Dragon Warrior One is is not the most consumable game to a market who's never seen an RPG before. And so uh, the gameplay counselors and the customer service teams got 
insane, insane amounts of calls for uh, for Dragon Warrior One, and so uh, once the smoke cleared, that team made buttons that say "I survived Dragon Warrior," and it's got this guy sitting at a cubicle, uh, and there's like fire coming out of his PC monitor, <laughs> and it's tor- and it's torching his head, um, and so um, that. Uh, I, I super fell in love with that button and I ended up talking to a few people who had them and I just got all of them because I love that button so much. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a really, really cool piece. I recently put it on my Instagram. So if anybody wants to check that out. It's and uh, here's some bonus info for you. So here's how you can tell if you have the Dragon Warrior that was mailed out to you or the original because there was one that was sold in stores. If you open up yours and you look at the box flap, if there's a star on your on your box flap at the top, that means yours was one of the mail away giveaway ones. That's interesting. Well, it came with a letter too, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. But like a lot of the, like, there was so much different stuff that was packaged with Dragon Warrior over time. Uh, the sure way to tell if yours is is that little star, even if you don't have the letter or whatever. At least your box is the giveaway one. Fun fact. So, Stefan, you, you said more, more that the uh, the jacket, but who whose jacket was it? It was someone real important, right? Oh, no, it was just some guy named Steve. So this jacket, you say, is now the new crown jewel of your collection. Some guy named Joey. And, but yeah. uh, I, uh, I told you that you were wrong because you are, and then your friends gave me crap for it. Uh, but you are wrong because it's not. No, you well, no, you said you said that that you 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 questioned that it was more impressive than stadium events, and I just said, well, then it's a good thing I have both. Yes, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the crown jewel of your collection. I'd say it's. Sweet. And you're not allowed but to probably... determine the crown jewel of your collection because you already did when you could have got anything you wanted, and you said, I want stadium events, and now that's a sentimental, amazing thing you have in your collection. And someone you found your personal childhood copy of Growl across the country. Another, like, amazing, impossible thing you have in your collection. <laughs> Some guy named Joey's jacket is not the crown jewel in your collection. Tyler's going to fight you. We should be shaming Tyler, because don't we say that you should uh, collect how you want to collect? And no. So he just, <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. told me... He just no. told me that I'm not allowed to uh, to identify my own crown jewel in oh my, my collection. Oh, my God. It's a look, jacket. Look, look I'm going to side with Tyler on this one. Uh, what? Ar- arbitration. Look, you should collect how you want to collect, but are you going to say the item that your wife made sure you guys had and and your childhood copy of growl is less impressive like if you if you had to uh marry kiss or kill these you're not you're not killing the jacket no that's fair i'm killing the jacket (laughs) all right man i can't believe i i had to put it into that but it worked so hooray (laughs) all right uh it's a good thing you have them all yeah anyways they're all very impressive so cool um I didn't buy that much. Yay. No, I bought one game I've been after for a little while here and I'm pretty happy. So uh thanks again, Hyrule Vice, because he's my uh he's my pusher, apparently, my my dealer uh for turbo games. He got me Might and Magic 3. He found it in a lot that he was picking up. So I got that. So I only need one more turbo CD game. That's it. I have all versions of the duo. I now have every turbo cd game that came in a box i have those now so it's just like one super cd game i'm missing and that's terraforming and once i have that it's done all of them except for magical chase for the turbo graphics but that's not a cd game you get that sweet uh christmas uh console yet nope not yet 
they're they've been actually all over eBay in like various condition. And I just decided I don't have room for it. So unless one comes up at a super great deal, I, I won't be able to buy it. So just I don't have anywhere to put it. So that's it. That's, that's like fair. the main thing I bought. I mean, if you want to hear more, I bought JB Harold Murder Club. I bought the box for that. So we no one cares. Okay, um, nope. But that's kind of a hard box to get. And uh, I forgot and uh, I haven't posted this yet, but I I got um, ukulele. I got the the one that came in the N64 box. It was like one of the last things I bought from Limited Run. I totally forgot that I bought that and it, it came. Oh, uh, you want to know something interesting about the JB Herald Murder Club? I do. Okay. It's not actually about the game. Guess it's the seller. Guess who sold it to me? And this is on eBay. He's got a bunch of stuff. And he did a tremendous job shipping this thing, too. Uh, Mike Etler of Nest List fame. Yes. What? Yeah. That's there cool. you go. That's right. So I thought that was cool. And again, Hyrule Vice is the one who told me that he'd put boxes up for sale. And I missed like three of them. And he had them at amazing prices. So I was really sad face about this because I missed like three boxes I would have bought. Anyways, I got the one I needed for the CD thing. So if I had to pick one I wanted out of all of them, that would have been the one. So worked out. Well, look at Mike Etler selling a bunch of Turbo Graphics and Atari 7800 stuff and baseball yep. cards. Just, Still in the collectible you know, game, Mike Etler. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I also had some Star Wars stuff up there. And um, like I will say, like he did a really nice job shipping it. So it was very well. He deserves his 100% feedback rating for sure. It was it was, like, it was very impressive. He shipped it like a collector would ship something like that. So, yeah, I was very happy. Because turbo boxes are flimsy. Did you actually play anything, Johnny? Um, let's see. Did I play anything? Nope, I didn't play anything. I've just been watching TV and hanging out with the baby. That's not true. I played Resident Evil 2. I, played the, I started playing the remake of that. I hear that's really good. It is really good. It is a little bit frustrating because it just resident evil like i always find the resident evil games a little frustrating uh they they jack you over with the stupid camera angles and you're like okay cool yes and like the running is still a little bit dumb like of course i got bit by the stupid zombie because the the way these things were oriented you're like okay well that's that's fine i mean it's resident evil so you get over that pretty quickly but when you first start playing again i'm like oh yeah i remember why i hate this Thought, like that, I that they style made it like gameplay. Resident Evil 4. I know nothing about the remake. They, they did. They did make it like Resident Evil 4, but they, you still get those like camera angles. Um, Resident Evil 2 is a real good game. I'm, so I don't want to disparage it too much. And I am in, enjoying the remake, though I've only had about an hour and a half with it. So anyways, yeah, other than that, uh, me and the baby. I don't know. Cool. Cool. So that's why I played you guys play anything. Or are we uh, good to get out of here? Because Tyler, you got to get to the airport. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I uh, I bought Kingdom Hearts three with the intention of playing it, but I have not yet. Well, I'll just find like a hundred hours instead of the side. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that should be fine. You should you have a hundred free hours, right? For sure. Just stop driving to work. That's right. I played a homebrew. Oh, that's that's actually a a big one. The, oh, the uh, fight Nebs one? and Debs was a a big Kickstarter, a big NES Kickstarter. <laughs> just to give a a reference, is like five hundred copies. That's like a really big NES homebrew, uh, and oh, it's shit. super good. Uh, it's got it's a platformer. It's got like a dash mechanic where you can uh, chain dashes together. I I would guess it's like Celeste, but I've never played Celeste. Um, huh. but you should you should go check out Nebs and Debs. That uh, that fighting game that you uh, did a video about looks interesting. Oh, Super Tilt Bro! Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. That was like a super limited release. 
Um, that's cool. That's free though. It's like Smash Brothers, and if you have friends, it's probably really fun. But against the AI, it's way too easy. That that wraps us up. Anyone got anything else they want to throw out? I'm looking through Mike Mike Etler's eBay listings because I want to buy something from Mike Etler now. Just say that you did. Yep. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Collector's Quest buys more stuff on eBay. That's the new. Ep- that's the new title that's, of this that, episode. We should have a whole episode where we just buy stuff on eBay live. <laughs> so somebody asked me. Uh, this was a question, and I'll just throw it in uh, some bonus material here. Someone asked me why we do the what we purchase stuff if uh, if I think it just makes them might make our audience feel bad, and I, I think it's interesting to look at what collectors are buying because that could be sometimes that's a tip like. What kind of I I would want to know like some of the collectors that are bigger than me I want to know what kind of stuff they're putting in their collections so that's why I look and you know that's why I decided this was an important segment of the show uh, the the what are you playing so much is just to prove that we kind of play games even though it is not as much as I would like to play games but people are like ah that old fight versus collectors and, and gamers and I think it's dumb so that's why that portion is but. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was like an interesting behind-the-scenes look at at what collectors are trying to put in their collection because there are some oh, interesting stuff. I love that stuff. stuff. And, when I was listening to uh, yeah. Narc, um, that was like my favorite thing besides the trivia. I think Chris was the one going for like a card-only NES set, and then Rip like basically had everything ready. But I love seeing like, oh, what's he buying this week? What's the good stuff? Uh, so, oh, like, and yeah, I wanna I wanna shout out. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Shout out to uh, Chris. That's CWR two. On Instagram, he is on a podcast called Dollar Dorks, where they they do a really good segment on on they give tips on how they move stuff, like they go to flea markets and swap meets and like other stuff that's not how they like kind of fund their video game stuff. And they also talk about tips for buying games and just ways to fund your collection without taking it right out of your wallet. That's a big thing that they do there. So I like their podcast. Just started checking it out. They actually had me on. So um, you, if you are Wanting to hear more of me, which you are probably not, uh, you can find me on Dollar Dorks. I I think it'll it'll already be up by the time this episode goes up for sure. So Johnny Crit CWR two isn't Chris from Narc, right? It is. Oh my god, are you kidding me? I had no idea. You. you didn't know that? <laughs> I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, and he always uh, he he's based in uh, Southern California or more towards Central, but. So when uh, if you come out here, you could meet him because he he comes down to all the events. He usually comes to the booth, says hi. We talk for a little bit. Yeah, Chris is a good dude. And he likes wrestling, right? Man, he's the coolest. All he right. does. We made fun of you. Uh, the way he <laughs> talked about, we talked about some wrestling figures. And uh, I, I said on that podcast, already a better wrestling episode than the one we did on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <sighs> so Great. let's end this yeah. episode now, Johnny. <laughs> I'm going to the airport. <laughs> All right. Uh, fly fly away on a jet plane, Tyler. Cool. He's not actually leaving. He's picking someone. All right. That's it. Guys, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram. I'm default gen. I'm, oh man, I'm going through Chris's stuff now. I'm getting jealous. He's got like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mario Bros. Classic Siri. All right. Uh, Instagram, default gen with a G-E-N or J-E-N. Either one. It's cool. Okay. Uh, and uh, Stefan? Uh, YouTube and Instagram, Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N-1981. And I'm Johnny underscore Iucci. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. Ooh, you guys want one more thing before we leave? An annoying thing? Okay, Tyler, let's do it. Uh, Okay. Do it. Um, you know how I'm always getting called John Lucci or Johnny Lucci? 
mm-hmm. and I've passed my horrible name on to my son. Yes. Um, I went to go get his birth certificate, and guess what was wrong? Uh, uh, it's Johnny Lucci. It, well, in the vital records office, it was wrong, but on the actual certificate, it was right. They had filed him under John Lucci, or John, <laughs> Johnny Lucci, because his name is actually Johnny. So, yeah, I like they couldn't find it. We were sitting there, and I'm like, no, my son was definitely born. And then, like, the, the cold, wet no. feeling, like an egg <laughs> cracking over the back of your head, running down your neck. I'm just like, would you try under Johnny Lucci, please? <laughs> and uh sure enough there it was i like that you had the argument of no my son was definitely born <laughs> yeah well <laughs> I, I, like in key moments of my life like my wife's wedding ring when they sized it and they couldn't find it they're like oh you must have given us the wrong name and i lost it in a zales <laughs> i lost my mind i'm like you think i gave you the wrong last name you think i don't know my last like this isn't a mistake you made you think i came up and told you the wrong la- I-, I was losing it it was it was a whole scene in Zales, and my wife was like, "Calm down, it's all right, it's okay." But I was le- in legit f- freakout mode over, you know, it's an expensive diamond ring, and they can't find it, and uh, then they have the audacity to blame me for it, like, and then say, "Well, you must not know your name." Yeah, I was. Uh, it was a moment. It was a moment in my life where I did that. So, anyways, key moments in my life marred by Lucci, a name I don't have because we don't believe in fucking <laughs> serifs in this world. Because people are lazier and they default to Arial. Fuck you, Arial font. Fuck you forever. There should be just a font called One, and it should just have serifs. No, I don't like serifs. You are stupid. Sorry. Serifs are the best. Nope. Oh, you're a sans. Getting, you're a sans man. This is getting, this is getting real weird, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I will fight you. I, I gotta I go. Will, Goodbye, I'm guys. Getting, I'm, no, now I'm trying to make you what? late. No. <laughs> Do some kind of. Uh, Segway into the Lord of the Rings stuff at the end, and then I'm just going to drop your your defense of the Hobbit movies after that. Okay, well, you guys can stay tuned for more bonus content if you want. You can hear me talk about why I like some of the extra stuff in The Hobbit, but why I can't really defend the third movie. Anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks for listening. Bye! Sorry, guys, before we start, my daughter just invaded, so I have to kick her out. Sorry. That's all right. We just cut this. Do you know how much I cut? Almost nothing, but I'll actually cut this. The invading daughter part? Yeah. She's pissed off about what you said about The Hobbit 3. That's <laughs> freaking horrible. Uh, I don't know if horrible. I, it's I, like, I can't meh. stand that movie. There's no, nothing happened. It's just a computer. It's like watching, like, if I set up Battle for Middle-Earth 2 and I just you know made the ai fight itself and that's the entire movie yeah it's i mean the battle of five armies even in the hobbit isn't like an interesting thing bilbo gets knocked out and uh the end <laughs> then he wakes up and the battle's already over god instead they did uh, all I'm this not, stuff i'm not into like the lord of the rings lore and all that i know some people go super deep and maybe the hobbit movies touched on things that i just don't give a shit about they they did they touched on like all that stuff where you saw like the Hobbit the book is all from uh Bilbo's point of view, right? So it's all everything he sees. So when he's not when he's not, you know, the perception of the movie or uh, of the book, 
it, it would be weird. So, but the movies took it outside and it was no longer from his perspective. It became, uh, you know, like this overworld look at what was going on rather than a movie through Bilbo's eyes. And that's how, like, that's why the battle that's is weird. That's how it's 10 hours long now. Well, yeah, and some of the stuff they added in is pretty cool because, like, the Necromancer, like, all that stuff is like, you're like, how did Sauron, how did we go from Bilbo finding a ring to Sauron ready to uh, strike down? And, like, how did Saruman get corrupted? Like, what were all these things that happened? And they start to tell you that in that movie, like, in those movies, and that's very interesting. And you get to see... You know, one of the other wizards, which, uh, you know, you've only seen Saruman and, or Sauron and, uh, Saruman and, um, Gandalf. Now you get to see Radagast and you don't get to see the blue mages or anything, but you get to see these two guys. So like, that's, that's cool. Some extra stuff. I, I really like all the stuff with the Necromancer and I like the council, like the first council meeting of Elrond and Galadriel and, you know, all that's going on and Gandalf is trying to tell them that, uh, you know, that Sauron is, is coming back and that there's bad things afoot in Doggledore. And uh, that's, like, cool stuff from deep into the books and, like, in the appendices. And, you know, I, I don't think people appreciate it. I think they would have been happier with just a straightforward Hobbit movie. I think they could have taken two movies and not three. I've been back for, like, an hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put that all at the end of the episode. That'll be the appendix. Yeah. Just Johnny defends the sure Hobbit you... movies from Tyler. Make sure you play like the little Lord of the Rings sound, like, <laughs> like right before. 